Hello and welcome to I Can't Believe It's Not the Mouse, the podcast all about animated movies not made by Disney. I'm your host, Octaviano Macias, and today I'm going to talk about a recent-ish Sony movie. It came out last year, and it's just one that I really enjoyed. I thought it was a really well-done story, uh, the animation is great in it, the music is great, and all around, it's just a really neat little movie. And that movie is Vivo. Now, Vivo, which is... I'm not sure if it was his idea originally. I think it was. But it pretty much it's a movie with um, Lin-Manuel Miranda. He stars as the, the main character. He provides the music. It's pretty much this little Kikachu character in um, Cubo who's pretty much played music all of his life with his um, his owner, this guy named Andres, who is a, an old performer. And, you know, life is good with them. Until one day, Andres gets a message from an old flame of his who turned out to be this big singer in the U.S., and she tells him that she's basically doing a farewell tour, and she wants him to be a part of that um, that performance. So, of course, he gets ready to go. Uh, Vivo is hesitant to go until he slowly realizes, okay, look, Andres really wants to do this. I should support him. It turns out that he's too late because it turns out that Andres has passed away. There's a funeral around the town, and in comes in, uh, a pair of relatives who coincidentally are going to be in the same area where the performance is going to be at. So Vivo gets the idea of like, okay, I'll hitch a ride with them and deliver the song to, to her so she can perform it. Things, of course, go wrong as Vivo is forced to hang around with the grandniece of um, Andres, who pretty much is an animal lover, but also a musical lover, and pretty much she's just a really weird kid. But she's proud of being a weird kid. They decide, like, okay, we're gonna go and deliver the song, as the little girl picks up right away, like, okay, so he made the song for her, we should do this, and it's a whole big journey to get to the concert, so that she could perform the song and understand how exactly Andres felt about her. Because Andres never bothered telling her that he truly loved her. Because he felt that if he told her how he felt, she would never have led the life that she would have. Or if she did. So that's generally what it is. And yeah, it's, it's a fairly cute movie. It's a simple movie. It's pretty much a big journey. And... Yeah, it's just another movie that showcases that Sony really has changed over the years. You know, a lot of people were often doubting Sony for years, but then when uh, Into the Spider-Verse came out, all of a sudden people started loving them, and I'm like, I've always been there for them for, for the most part. I loved their Cloudy with Chance Meatball movies, I loved the uh, Holds of Transylvania, so, you know, I was always like, these guys have the potential, they just need to get more, more recognition for what they do, and I'm glad people are seeing that now. In the case of this movie, this one hit straight to Netflix, unfortunately because of COVID, they did put a lot of their movies in Netflix instead of releasing them in theaters, which I understand, but I would have loved to have seen this in theaters, as the animation in this is really good, it's... uh it's not Spider-Verse, it's not even um, their previous movie, The Mitchells vs. the Machines, but it's definitely top-notch. There's a lot of vibrant colors, it really does represent, like, you know, like, the, the Cuban Latin flair really well. It um, plays well with the music and the world, and it's just very vibrant, and there's occasional 2D sequences, uh, which are really nice to look at, and it's just a beautiful-looking movie that, yeah, it, it really should be seen on the big screen, which, again, is sad that there wasn't really anything. Like, I, I know that apparently there was, like, some indie or smaller theaters or whatever that um that did carry the movie, but it's, like, 
Not everyone has access to those, and even though technically I have access to those, they're pretty pricey, and while I'm not saying I wouldn't waste any money for this kind of stuff, you know, it's just a matter of it being out of the way. There's a lot of factors going into this, I guess, is what I'm trying to say. And yeah, it really does make it a shame, because it is a beautiful-looking movie, like, whether it's, like, the fur on on um, Vivo himself, the bright, weird colors, the girl that he pairs up with, Gabby, she's you know, very cute, like, she's, of course, a very wild child, she's got the purple hair, and whatnot, and, you know, she, you know, like, the the movie really does highlight her colors really well, and, like I said, within the performances, they use a lot of vibrant neon colors, stuff like that, and it's all just really well done, and it's the kind of thing where I'm like, yeah, this really needs to be seen on a bigger screen than what was offered, unfortunately, and... I don't know, it's just a beautiful looking movie. Some of the standouts include the 2D sequences where you see uh, what is essentially um, Andres's imagination of how things will be like. Or when we get uh, the performance from other girl he loved, Marta, who was played by uh, Gloria Estefan. And yeah, like there's just beautiful 2D sequences with that. But you know, you get other fun stuff. Like you get like these, um, they're not flamingos. Um, yeah, they're not flamingos, they're spoonbells. Uh, I don't know, these pink birds, they're kind of goofy. Like, one's voiced by Brian Cherry, Cherry Henry. The other one's Nicole Byer. And, you know, they're, they're cute. I mean, they, you know, they, they, they got some nice animation when you see, like, their love song and just the way they move. And, of course, there's another sequence where uh, Vivo comes across this snake um, villain character called Ludador. And it's not like your typical Disney villain because he's only really only for a portion of the movie. So it's more or less like, I guess, in a way, like a classic Disney villain. Like if you look at a lot of um, older Disney villains, um, older Disney movies, I mean, you would see like, okay, so there's like different portions of the movie. Like it's almost episodic, but at the same time, there is a, a clear story going through it. It's just that the journey allows for like, okay, here's this. This is what's going on now. That's kind of what it is right there. And, you know, there's a lot of fun stuff done with his character and just the way he moves the color it's all just really nice to look at visually it's definitely one of the better looking animated films to have come out recently and it's just one of those that i'm like yeah this is why i love sony so much because they are very good at creating these vibrant cartoony cg worlds that really you know like even though they're not pushing the technology to its limits it feels like they are because it's so much style to it that you just don't see from a lot of animated features that it just feels special to me i i I think it, it really does um showcase more personality than a lot of other studios do in their own features and yeah speaking of characters like the snake uh you know a lot of these characters are great i I do like um what they do with um the andres character where he passes away early on because it it really you really do get invested in this character like just the intro alone you already like him because he's like okay he's got the nice voice he's got a nice design he's a friendly character and you know you can see how warm and lovely he is as a man like you kind of almost want to see more of him but of course you know the story has to let him pass away just to give some tragedy to the story while acknowledging like hey look it's never too late to to show you know your your true love um don't miss your chance that kind of stuff and and it's just great um vivo great character the gabby character i like that the fact she's a weird kid but they don't try to do like a whole oh she's kind of shy or doesn't like socializing or people hate her or anything like they do introduce like these girls that are trying to bully her into being like um 
like a Girl Scout, but that's more or less just because, like, well, she did sign up for it, but then she quickly decided to back out of it. So it's more or less just her Gabby being weird about it. So you can kind of get where the, the the Girl Scout characters are coming from, even though you know they they make them very per um persistent in chasing this girl because they throughout the entire movie they're they're chasing after her, being like, "Look, you wanted to do this, you got to do this." Also, now you have this kinkachu with you, and you're not taking care of it properly. We got to take care of it properly. We got to give it vaccinations and stuff. Which funny stuff. I I, I love that. The, the snake character, like I said before, great stuff. Michael Rooker is in that role. And it's, you know, Michael Rooker is always great. Even Zoe Zaldana, I uh, I liked her character. She's she's the, the mom character. I mean, it's interesting that they made her so thick. Because, um, you know, there, there's always that joke about Pixar moms being thick. But I'm like, I don't know, man. I think, you know, Sony's trying to rival that with her. But, um... I'm not, I'm not here to be thirsty or horny or whatever. I, I'm just, you know, acknowledging what I saw. In her character, you know, she's the typical, like, oh, you know, the mom that wants to ruin the fun and whatnot. But I, I do like that they do try to give her some depth. And, in fact, I kind of wish that there was a little bit more to her because she does kind of acknowledge, like, towards the end of the movie, like, look, your dad passed away. And I know that you took, took after him more because he was, like, the goofball. He's the one that, like, music and you gravitated towards that. But I'm still a part of your life and I'm still trying to care for you like i'm not doing this because i want to ruin your life or whatever like i'm doing this because i have to be the mature one to take care of you but at the same time i'm acknowledging that i just can't connect with you the same way he could have even though i want to and i'm like that's actually touching stuff and it, it really is effective for the movie yeah like a lot, a lot of the stuff is is actually really good for the movie like realistically with characters i i don't really have any problems with any of them even like the minor stuff, it's it's mostly just all cute. Like even the, like the like the the spoonbill, you know, bird characters that come in to help. You think that they're gonna be annoying, but they're actually fairly cute, and you kind of um, love seeing their little love story play out. Even though it's only a small fraction of the movie. Realistically, like the only thing that I, I kind of had an issue with, and it, it wasn't even anything serious, was Bebo himself. Where you know it, it does the whole thing where like um, humans are just you know pretty much like in real life like you know the animals only talk to animals the humans talk to each other and you know yeah vivo commenting on whatever the humans are saying but they don't understand him because he's an animal and for the most part that's fine but at times it does feel like okay we're just throwing in lines just because either kids might not fully understand what's going on or you know it's the typical like okay well kids movies do this or that thing so we gotta have like this comment here and there and it, it just never feels like it's something that would naturally be said or in certain cases it just feels like okay you're having him say too much which isn't necessarily bad it, it, it's just something that I, I don't really care too much for and as a character while i do really enjoy him i i, I it, it's kind of the problem that i have with um someone like woody in the first toy story where it's like okay this character is kind of being a dick and selfish i mean they, they do backpedal a little bit where it showcases like okay he is willing to understand you know other people's point of view before everything goes bad like of course with um his owner andres even before he passes away he kind of realizes like okay maybe i'm being too rude on on it he really wants to see this person i should support it even though i don't want to leave this place it's not fully like like a full-on jerk like woody but at the same time you do get certain instances where i'm like this character's a little too much like he's gearing towards being a bit unlikable and yeah it, it doesn't really fit well with this i mean for the most part it never becomes that much of an issue like you generally do like what vivo is doing you generally do like where Vivo is coming from even if he's not always right it's just one of those things where it's like okay look you you can dial back the, the sass a bit 
bit, I guess, where she pairs up with Gabby. And in a way, this kind of feels reminiscent of Pixar, which is why I'm bringing it so much, because it really does remind me of, like, the classic um, the, the classic Pixar di- dynamic, where they have, like, okay, two opposite characters come together, they go on a journey. That's what this pretty much is. And you always have Gabby being fully optimistic and just supporting people, regardless of, you know, her thinking that, some of his stuff might not be great, whereas Bebo is just constantly commenting like, oh, you know, well, you know, she's bad at music and whatnot. Like, well, not constantly, but, you know, enough where it, it becomes noticeable. I don't know. I just kind of feel like at times he kind of should have been smacked around a bit like, hey, dude, c- come on, chill out. But, but for the most part, it, it does work with them. You can tell automatically that they're pretty much um, where the arc is going. Like, okay, she's going to like him automatically. He's not going to really like her, but over time, he's going to love her. Nothing too surprising, but it, it works for what it is. And they do get in sync with each other enough to make some good musical numbers. I mean, even when it's other characters singing, where where it's like, you know, like, oh, like the, the two lover birds, you know, get their own song, and it's a fun song. Vivo taunts the snake, and it's a cute little song. But, you know, you do get a lot of great songs. Like, the one that's probably going to stick in most people's heads, it certainly sticked in my head, is... um. Gabby's song, um, Beat of My Own Drum or something like that, but pretty much it's like a song that really feels like it shouldn't work because it's supposed to be made up of a bunch of noises that a kid is making while, you know, just being noisy, but it's strung together so well that it actually creates a really catchy beat that's fun and captures that chaotic feel of a kid who's constantly changing their interests but does have at least a singular interest in music. And yeah, you gotta just beautiful songs like that um like i said earlier on with the andres song really well done song and it's a beautiful song and it's the kind of thing where i'm like yeah Lin-Manuel miranda definitely has some talent i mean I, of course i've seen like hamilton and uh encanto and moana which all of them have some really good songs but but even with this you know a movie that's outside of like the disney sphere i think you know it was a really solid time with the music um, both animation and, you know, vocally, it, it's it's um, definitely something where I'm like, yeah, I, you know, if you told me that some of these would probably go on to be Oscar nominees, I'd believe it. I, I don't think any of them did, but, it, you know, it's something that I think um, was, would be possible. And, and quite frankly, I kind of feel like at least one or two of the songs should have been nominated, but that's just me. But yeah, overall, Vivo, really fun movie. The animation is nice. The, the characters, all really fun to look at and um, pretty much go through their journey with them, even if Vivo himself can be a bit too, too rude at times, but it's understandable. The musical numbers... Like I said, it's definitely, you know, fun stuff. Like, even if you're not into um, watching the movie, I would recommend at least listening to the soundtrack like on Spotify or Apple or whatever. It's on the animation. Great. I mean, the only reason why I wasn't rooting for this to win the Best Animated Feature Award last year was because it turns out that um, that Sony released a much better animated feature just a few months prior to it, which was um, The Mitchells vs. The Machines. Yeah, even without that, it was definitely a highlight for last year in terms of animation. And it's just a really good example of how you can do just really good stories with um, diverse casts, um, representing different people, all while, you know, just providing something that anyone can enjoy. It's not deep into its own culture, but at the same time, it's there all over the place. It, it um, shines through enough that people will enjoy it. And yeah, I, I just think it's a really neat movie to watch. Honestly, it should be watched by more people. Yeah, it's on Netflix. As far as I know, I don't think it's been removed. I know if it has been removed, physical copies are out there now, so you can definitely find this um, in places. And yeah, it's, it's well-earned. It's just a really cute, really fun movie. I enjoyed it. 
did. Uh, I'm sure you will as well. If nothing else, I honestly think this one had better music in it than Encanto. Possibly Moana, which I'm like, that already sets a pretty hard bar, but I'm willing to die on that hill because, yeah, it, it really is truly something special. So, yeah, I don't think I have much else to say other than thank you for listening. This has been Octavio Macias. Not sure what I'm doing next week, but I will say thank you for listening and I hope to see you again next time. If you don't at least try to get along with other kids, you're going to be very lonely. Meh. Thank you for coming on today. If you enjoyed this, please consider subscribing to my YouTube channel where you'll see video versions of these podcasts. And if you just want to listen to them, there's always the option of just following the podcast on their various sites, whether it's Spotify, Podbean, or Apple Podcasts. Whatever you choose, I hope you continue enjoying these. And if you want to support me even further than that, there's always the option of Patreon. With Patreon, even just a dollar will get your name on the video versions of this and on other videos that I may do outside of these podcasts. A few dollars more gets you some behind the scenes info and as this continues to grow, you'll find that there's more perks to it. So I hope you consider supporting me through Patreon as well. In any case, again, thank you for listening and I hope you have a wonderful day.